and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me, as always, is Stephen, discussing the idea of second chances. In today's episode, we'll define second chances in the context we aim to dissect, as well as discuss our thoughts on whether second chances should be given. Next, we'll tease two new episodes coming this week and announce a very special release date pertaining to my music. In conclusion of this episode, we will ask the question if there are certain lines that are unforgivable and when second chances can become enablement. All right, so I guess in your eyes, what what defines second chances? Second chances to me is if you do something and it's it goes against what someone else expected for you, giving you an opportunity to redeem yourself. So sort of that that redemption of a mistake that was made or when you just did something that was not in alignment to what the expectations were. Right. Do you do you think in the in, in our context today we're looking specifically at like the number of times like it's actually literally their second chance or do you think it's a broader scope of putting faith in somebody? So basically, you mean are you talking about is it just literally the second time or yeah. can a second chance mean that you've screwed up a bunch of times but still giving you another opportunity because of a situation or something? Yeah, the latter. Yeah, so I don't think it's a numeric thing. I don't I don't think it's it's it, this is another and I know this is an overused phrasing on our show but it's a another case by case basis where there are instances where you just have to evaluate all of the information that's out there and decide based on you know you know this person you know what they're capable of and you got to make a decision on how they're going to do something moving forward um and what you think they're going to do so not numeric mostly just case by case what about what about you yeah, that's how I feel like it. I mean, <clears throat> I think it's there. There are definitely situations, definitely situations where, you know, people ask for a second chance, and you're like, second chance? I've given you like a billion chances. What are you talking about, second chance? Um, but in in I guess the scope of what we are aiming to talk about, I do think it's it's really just a, a broader scope, an idea of giving somebody an opportunity after they have let you down or kind of failed you, and you know looking at I guess in different angles is that appropriate and absolutely it's a case by case basis. You know I I think even in like the scope of uh, celebrities and stuff because they're in the public eye and maybe they make a mistake. Um, you know, chances are looked at differently. Like do audience members of an actor give them another chance to come back and, and be in movies that they want to go see? Um, I mean, you see that a lot with like the, the Me Too movement and stuff. There are these actors who are accused of uh, sexual assault and are they given second chances by, you know, the studios where they're making these movies? Are they given chance, second chances by women who they're working with second chances by audience members? Like are audience members going to see these people's movies. So there, there are a lot of different lenses to look at it through. Yeah. I think, um, the, I mean, Louis CK is one of my absolute favorite comedians and it was pretty, it was pretty troubling to me to hear, these allegations come out on, on Louis CK and, and especially because I actually, I know someone who knows someone who was affected actually by the actions of Louis CK and yeah. And, and basically talked about how their, their friend was pretty like screwed up from it and was like very, very hurt by it. So, um, 
yeah, hearing that like directly from someone who I looked up to and and I admired, this is a it, it, this thought has crossed my mind. Like, does this guy who makes a living off of making people laugh and talking about a lot of those subjects that a lot of us are afraid to talk about and cracking jokes about it? Uh, when you find out that some of those jokes have some real messed up truths behind them, uh, I and, and I, I will say that what what Louis C.K. has done is not maybe as terrible as some other celebrities, but I don't think that really takes away from the fact that it's still really screwed up. Um, it it makes you it makes you reconsider things a little bit, and it, 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 you have to ask yourself that question: Do you separate the person and the art? And yeah, I've had a couple of it's actually I've had a couple of instances of this happening because I also really like uh, this band called Brand New. And the lead singer of that band was also uh, accused of like an underage relationship with a girl. And it was just weird that both of those things happened in sort of a short period of time. And that's one of my favorite bands and my favorite comedian. So it, uh, it made me really have to reconsider like, do I still listen to their work? No, absolutely. And I think, uh, one one thing that you pointed out that I think is valuable to mention is for Louis C.K., his specific art, you know, he he makes jokes about masturbation. And and that was something that was, was the, the spark in this. He was committing these acts of masturbation in front of women who weren't consensual. And um, now you're like, number one, do we even allow him to come back as an artist at all? Number two, if he comes back, how is his art going to be impacted? You know, if we accept him back, do we allow him to make jokes about masturbation? Or is that a line that we say, oh, you fucked up. You don't get to make these comments anymore. Yeah, that's really, really tough because I know he he did come back um, and put on at least one show that I that I heard of. And it's I was wondering if he would address the things that happened. And from what I understand, none of it was addressed during his stand up. But I, I was going to ask you this. Do you think it would have been in poor taste if he was like, yeah, so. I know I did some bad things. Like, do you think if you would have made that joke to start off the set, do you think that that would have been funny, okay, a good way to, like, diffuse the situation? Or where would you draw the line there? Um, I, th- It's so tough, especially with the, the career he's in, which is comedy. Um, because comedy itself is this thing, you know, are we okay? Are all jokes, like no holds barred. Like you, you can joke about anything or are there some things that actually should be off limits? And, and again, this is one of those things with him. He was this guy who was, a, wasn't afraid to make jokes about things that people were afraid to dive into. But now is his art going to be scrutinized because he did these things and now maybe things are off limits for him. I feel like you know, my, my personal feeling is, yeah, it would have been in poor taste to just make a joke of it. Um, partially because, I mean, do you know what he's done, I guess, to make up for these acts? Has he done anything? I don't know the specifics on what he's done to make up for. I know he just disappeared for a really long time, which is yeah. the, the normal thing is that people just disappear from the spotlight, which is what I would do if I was in that situation, to be honest. I mean an interesting perspective that I'm trying to take is, is it really much different if he makes those jokes? Well, number one, it's very important that he does take steps to make up for the wrong actions that he committed. 
in my opinion, before really any sort of healing process can begin. Um, and I don't know exactly what he would have to do for that, but there needs to be effort there. Um, the lens that I'm trying to look at this through, though, is to say, you know, is it really any different if he makes jokes now than he made jokes before? Because he was doing it before. He just got caught now. So it really doesn't change the, I guess, the origin of where the jokes are coming from. It just changes the audience's perception of them. So, you know, do we allow it just because whatever? I, I don't know. It, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, it's sort of like, do you brush it under the rug or do you do you address the situation uh, to, to a certain point? Because comedy is a little different. For example, you know, the, the band Brand New can, can move on and if they wanted to play their songs. I mean, I mean, maybe there is messages in some of the songs that hint to the things that he did. I don't really know, but all in all, you could probably hide behind music. Comedy is a lot different because, especially with Louis C.K., the fact that a lot of his jokes were literally about the types of things that he actually did makes it a lot more difficult for him to brush it under the rug. It's almost that he would have to reinvent himself as a comedian and... I don't doubt he can do that because I think he is a very, very talented comedian, but it does seem extremely inappropriate to then crack jokes on the things that are clearly harmful to people. People have clearly been very, very hurt by these things. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting that you, you know, talk about this. It's making me think, you know, we, we plan on having an episode uh, about Bill Cosby. So I don't want to go too in depth into that story now, but, um, I remember when I was doing research on that whole story um, for this episode, there was a um, a joke that they talked about that he had where he talked about giving women sedatives in the joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you wonder, because a lot of times art, I feel like, can be a glimpse into a person's you know, life. And you wonder if they're like hiding this stuff, like that they're, you know, going through this stuff. And, and so they put it in their art cause they're not facing it in real life or something, you know, cause a, a lot of these people have problems. Like they have issues that they can't hold back. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of an, an interesting thing to look at it through the lens of their art and see that, holy crap, this guy has been giving us signs, you know, talking about masturbation or in the Bill Cosby talking about giving women sedatives. And have we just been, you know, was this a secret cry for help? I mean, I know I'm, I'm going down a path. We don't really know, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying it's like, you know, art is really, it, it comes from a very uh, deep place within people. So uh, you wonder if there's like this, this subconscious effort to, to say, Hey, I've got an issue or something. I don't know. I think I think it gets a little co more complicated too with celebrities versus just non-celebrities because if if art or I don't know doing stand-up comedy if that's that that's one career that you could have but just imagine being an everyday person I I think you know if you you go to jail for something uh, do you do you forgive that person um, I don't know I know. Um, I know someone whose dad went to jail for eight or nine years, went to prison for eight or nine years um, for basically like living a double life and um, embezzling a ton of money. And 
Um, I don't know if I was like in his position, I don't know if my dad came out. Like, I don't know how I would feel. Like, do you give them, I mean, obviously you love this person, but do you give them a second chance when they just basically lied to the family and, and screwed over all these people? I think it'd be extremely tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a good segue into our, our next kind of area of focus. Um, you know, what's your opinion on giving people multiple chances when they either refuse to deliver on the chance that you're giving them or they're just unable to? And do you, do you think it's maybe that extent, that distinction in itself, if they're trying or not, uh, like the ability to control it or, you know, wh- where does that line get drawn? So my line on second chances is, I, I think almost everyone in every situation should get more than one chance on something. And it's mostly based on the fact that we always make mistakes. So no matter who you are, you're going to make mistakes. When you were born into this world, you didn't know things until you kind of screwed them up. I'll, I'll give you an example. So a kid, he he sees that, like he puts his hand on the stove and he's like, oh my gosh, like that hurt really, really bad. So that he didn't know that if you put his hand on there, it, he didn't know that it was going to burn him at the time. And now he knows, well, I'm not going to do that again. And this is kind of like a, a, a goofy example to look at it. But I think that that same principle applies throughout your life. Kind of what we talked about in the previous episode, we went through college and there was a lot of things that we wish we would have known at the time. And we wish we'd have been better at handling money and stuff. But until you almost screw something up, um, it's it's kind of easy to see where someone's coming from when you only have a limited amount of knowledge and you're making decisions, then you're prone to make mistakes. And I think one of the big keys is seeing if somebody makes mistakes, do they actually adapt and learn to not do them again? Or are they going to go right back into making the mistake over and over again because this is an incapable person? And I think that that's what just like by nature, I feel like that's how humans are. Yeah, I I agree with you in a sense, but I feel like there are in instances where things are just fucking common sense. Like I don't need to murder somebody and make that mistake to figure out that, hey, I probably shouldn't murder people. You know what I mean? Like there, there are definitely lines that are just like I. And that's something that we can talk about. Are there certain lines that are unforgivable? We'll we'll discuss that later. But just, you know, there are those obvious ones where, you know, I think it, it's tough to to even consider giving somebody a second chance if they if they cross those lines. Um and I don't think that, you know, if people that are close to those people decide not to to let them back in, I don't think that you can fault them for that because they were probably severely impacted by that stuff and shouldn't have had to go through that uh intense stuff um like losing a person because they were murdered or something you know it's it, it would i would say if you are forgiven for that kind of an act that's like a almost divine sense of grace in um a person um if that's a thing but i guess I do agree with the majority of your point in the sense that, um, you know, people do fuck up and, and I think in a lot of cases we need to look at like psychologically what people are actually going through. And maybe if you can look at it through your own perspective, like you have certain things, certain spontaneous urges 
that you're drawn to, things that sometimes it's harder for you to say, actually, wait, this isn't the right thing to do. You know, whether it's substances like alcohol or drugs, there, there might be people that are addicted to that stuff. And as hard as they might try to, to avoid it, it's, it's this urge that's in you that's drawing you to that stuff. And you can compare it to like, uh, I mean, even if we want to look at uh, people who have issues with, well, actually, you know what, this is an interesting, and I'm not sympathizing with people that have this problem, but I, I just want people to take it through this lens. People that are attracted to kids, like if we think of attraction as something that you're born with, it's not something that you choose. Like these people have an issue that they didn't control. They, what they're attracted to, where it might be normal for us of like being attracted to another adult, their attraction comes to children. And it's this horrible thing where they were born this way and are completely unlucky to the fact that what they just genetically are into ends up being socially unacceptable. And so their road is a lot harder than anybody else's because this thing that draws them is something that they shouldn't be drawn to because of like our moral standards. And it's just a tough road because it's like that act in itself, like touching children is so unforgivable but these people also are sick like they have they have something that they're genetically predisposed to that they're trying to battle and so how do you how do you decide if they're given a chance to like be reincorporated with society and stuff like that yeah and and don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not defending any and all instances like i don't i don't defend child molesters i don't defend murderers it's it's not that i'm it's not that I'm defending these instances. Uh, there, there are definitely some lines that you you need to draw in in circumstances. I guess just in in general human nature, I do think that I'm a forgiving person of people who I don't know. I think we we I mean no one's ever gone through the life without making one mistake. Like it's just inevitable that people are going to make mistakes, and there's going to be factors that. You like, I mean, even in situations where people make mistakes, sometimes it actually they had the best intentions in mind, and it still ended up being the wrong thing. Like there's, there's instances where architects design buildings and they fell apart, and it wasn't that that was the intention. It was they thought that everything made sense, and somewhere along the line, something got screwed up in the process. And it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean I mean that that person probably deserves a second chance, or yeah, in that situation, that person probably deserves a second chance. It doesn't mean that. They had some bad intentions, and that's why I I do think you do have to draw the line on on some situations yeah. of them deserving, and in, in some situations that they don't. I well, I, I I think a big point that you know you're getting across is we still have to have empathy for people that that fuck up. You know, nobody is perfect, and again, there are certain lines that are I feel like completely okay to say it doesn't matter I'm not forgiving this person for that um, maybe as a society we need to decide specifically what those lines are but I think there are a lot of instances where you have to be empathetic like 
you know, especially when you're young and you're going through stuff, you're, you're trying to figure things out. People just don't know what they want sometimes and, and, and make a mistake and then, you know, have to try to come back. I I think a huge distinction is this effort to, to make the road back and, and it needs to be made. You know, like if, if you mess up and you're a person who wants to, be forgiven for that or get a second chance, you have to understand the territory that you're now in. You have to understand that there is a chance that maybe you might not get an, another chance. Um, but the that's getting another chance isn't the reason why you're trying to make it up. You're trying to make it up because it's what is right to you and um, what is meaningful to you. And if, if a person takes those steps, I think uh, it's a huge sign of compassion and um, I just overall effort to make the wrongs that they've committed right. And I think at that time it, it gets into a new realm of there there should at least be potential for forgiving this person, uh, even though what they did might have really hurt you or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, like uh, one thing I, I've never been a big fan are, are people who hold – like massive grudges or people basically if you do one thing wrong they kick you out of their life because there's there are instances where someone just they're just not a good person or I I think you have to kind of judge the situation but if someone has a lot of rapport built with me and then they make a mistake like I'm probably going to give this person the benefit of the doubt and and trust them to work through whatever the issues are that we're having and Hopefully we can we can cross that bridge and they'll be better for it and we'll just be better for it in general because the people that I care about in my life, I want to make strong efforts for them. And if they make strong efforts for me to change the mistakes that they've made, I'm all about it. Whereas some people, people make mistakes, they just kick them out of their life and then that's it. And I'd have a really tough time totally kicking someone out of my life, but I think it... I think a big part of giving people chances are rapport that you have with this person. Like how, how well do you actually know them? I'm more willing to give Brandon multiple chances. If you screwed something up and you had like the worst guest on here at all time and they, they decided to come on here and start bashing me and it, and it turned into a roast to Steven on everything must go podcast. <laughs> I might be like, yo dude, like <laughs> why did you have this person on here? And you know, we might think about ending the show. I might think about it. <laughs> but in the end, but in the end, I'm going to remember all the great times that we had, the memories we've made, the great spotlight episodes, the jokes, all that stuff is going to come to my mind before I think about, all right, maybe I shouldn't replace Brandon with, I don't know, Sanjay. Sanjay. Jesus. No, I think what you say is a great point. Uh, a really good, like, to illustrate that point, my dad always gives me this example, and I I love it. I love to use it for this. So you think about, you know, earning somebody's trust is like a jar of marbles. If someone earns something or you have a good experience with them, you you gain these uh, trusting bonds, whatever, you put marbles in the jar. Now, if they do things to fuck up, they lose marbles from the jar, and and that's not to say that if they, you know, lose the marbles from the jar that 
okay, now there's no more jar anymore. I, I don't know that there, unless it's a certain line that completely crushes the jar of marbles, you know, at some point, I, I feel like there, there has to be some empathy to possibly reobtain uh, or to repursue, you know, um, earning those those marbles back especially if it's someone that you know like you said with me and you you know we've we've built trust within each other you know we've had ups and downs um you know within just our friendship and whatnot but overall we've built um a friendship that if if one of us fucks up we're gonna give each other another chance to to right the wrong that we committed just because of all of the marbles that we have in each other's jars yeah, like how many marbles do you think um, I have so far in that jar of me? Uh, let's see here. There was that one time that you, dude. Quick, fuck. quick, <laughs> quick. I mean, you ever do one of those games in school where you look and you have to like, write down on like a, a, a post-it note how many marbles yeah, you think are in the jar? Jelly beans are in the jar. You've got eighty-six. I'm guessing eighty-six marbles. <laughs> eighty-six marbles. I mean, we've only hung out jar, like a handful dude. of times, so I definitely get it. We've we talked about this. We've actually talked on the phone more times than we've hung out by like probably like triple. Many <laughs> times. Oh, Our entire relationship is pretty much long distance based. I don't recommend this, long distance friendships to anyone. <laughs> this goes to show you, you can make it work, you guys. You can make a long distance friendship work if you just try. All you need is a big jar with a lot of marbles. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's the biggest takeaway from this episode. If nothing else, <laughs> buy a jar and start putting marbles in it for your friends. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's – I mean, we're kind of already doing it, but let's, we'll take a little break <laughs> from this discussion. Do um, you want to tease tomorrow's episode? Um, yeah. So the next episode is going to be a spotlight episode which we haven't done one of them in a while. The spotlight episodes are a little bit less predictable because it requires another person on the outside to be a part of it. Um, But we've got a Chicago-based rapper uh, named Asthmatic that I will be interviewing, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. It's uh, going to be fun to get back in these spotlight episodes. I was going to say one other thing about it too, actually, which is that... um, on this episode, it's going to be just me interviewing him, uh, whereas in the last Spotlight episodes, it was me and Brandon interviewing the guest. So that's going to be a, a change of pace. And this might happen from time to time, uh, just because logistically, Brandon is not in Chicago. So if there's a Chicago-based guest, we got to make the the call on how we're going to do the episode. And on this one, we just decided, I'm going to do this interview, and then there's one that Brandon's going to be doing in Minnesota. So. Yeah, and 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 that's gonna be because the goal for those is to have uh, video podcasts so you guys can put a face to the name, um, especially when we get people that, like artists who you might actually want to see who they are, and and that way you can you know investigate their other you know ventures and whatnot. So that that's that's the big thing there uh, with us living in different states. It's it's tough, but we also I guess within the realm of that, as you guys noticed last episode. Uh, was uh, a discussion on whether or not aliens um, both exist and if they've visited Earth. 
um, and I wasn't on that episode, this is going to be something that's uh, probably more common as well. Um, you know, obviously, our goal is to always do episodes with each other. But uh, for that episode in particular, that was something that Stephen was a little more passionate about than I was. And he had a guest, Sanjay, um, who if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go check it out he had a different perspective that they could bounce off of each other. And again, that's just another thing where, you know, if, if I lived in Chicago with Steven, maybe I would have just automatically been part of that episode. Um, but because just this process of kind of doing this long distance, uh, recording of the podcast is a little more difficult. Sometimes it's just makes more sense to do it, you know, by ourselves. And so you guys might see stuff like that, coming up periodically. Um, and we just kind of wanted to express that. So you weren't surprised or wondering why that was happening. Yeah. So when I, when I was making jokes earlier, like, no, Sanjay is not actually going to be replacing Brandon anytime soon <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, one thing, a couple things I wanted to mention too, um, I guess on my stuff is, uh, I don't know if y- any of you guys follow me on social media, but um, I recently did an interview on another podcast um, called Coffee with Shell. Um, if you follow me on Instagram at Brandon Flippin Music, it's in um, my bio. Uh, basically, uh, it, it's funny. Uh, Steven and I have been going on Twitter and, and trying to uh, get the, the podcast out there with people. And um, I I was talking to Steven one day and, and um, there was this suggestion for an interview on a podcast and I threw my name in the hat and she said yeah let's get you on and so uh, I did about an hour-long interview um, where I kind of talked about uh, my journey as a musician somewhat Um, and some of you guys already probably know that story but uh, just to hear it on another uh, platform is you know it was kind of cool to have that opportunity. Um, Do you have any thoughts on the interview Stephen? You to I, I thought it, I just thought it was super entertaining. I listened to the entire thing, and to be honest with you, I I knew basically as every single thing that Brandon said on it. But it was still really cool just to be going on a walk to Chipotle like normal. But this time I could hear Brandon talking about his album on this show. And uh, when you mentioned me, I was like, oh, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> felt so special. <laughs> I felt so special. I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting a shout out. How did you feel that she forgot your name at first? I didn't feel great. No, I got a little sad for sure. <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious? My my moment to shine is just immediately just, just taken away, just taken away." But in, no, yeah, it was the, it was really cool. Yeah, no, it was it was a really cool experience. She was just phenomenal. She was awesome. Yeah. Um, she actually requested that we do a specific episode that we plan on uh, actually recording for next week. Um, you know, and we'll tease that in a later episode, but, um, yeah, it was just a great experience. And then to kind of segue into something else, I finally have, uh, so (laughs) I think three years ago now I completed the recording of the album, um, for my band, uh, the restless, but, uh, I was there for part of this too. I'm like the OG fan. Yeah. Yeah, you were actually. Did you get to see our live show? Were uh, you there for our live show? That, that was actually played in the house. Yeah, yeah I saw it. Okay, that's. I, I couldn't remember if you were there or not. Um, that was sick, dude. I crowd surfed. <laughs> yeah, you were the only one there. <laughs> it like snowed super bad that night, so like all the people that were gonna come couldn't because the roads were just god awful. Um, 
but anyways, yeah, so that album, um, it kind of got put on the back burner because I ended up going back to school and, and stopping to per, stopping my pursuit of music as a career. And so it wasn't really a priority to get done, but, uh, I have kind of made it a priority and now finally have it done. Um, it is going to be released Friday, November 2nd. Um, I'm probably going to be posting a video on both my YouTube page and my Instagram to kind of, um, advertise it and uh it's it's a video i actually did a while back um that i'm kind of re republishing um with a different ending but um doing that and then i will also have a release of a music video for um a song on the album titled seam so um that's all going to be coming in november uh be on the lookout for that Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna get physical copies so if you'd like a physical copy uh e- you can email us at emgpod at gmail.com or email me at brandon music at gmail.com or uh hit us up on any of the social media outlets um but yeah i'm really excited for that to finally come out social media including our brand new twitter which right now is uh not the hashtag or the um handle i'm looking for right now it's must undergo podcast and we have one follower, so we're not doing so good in the followers department because I literally just created it. But if you do feel so inclined, go ahead and follow that because I'm probably going to use that more than almost any of the other social media platforms. Sweet. All right. Well, I guess we can get back into the second chances um, discussion. Uh, you know, we've we've hinted at this this specific uh, topic within the episode. Um, but I guess we'll just kind of blatantly ask it. Do you think there are any black and white lines to be drawn when it comes to forgiveness and second chances? Um, are there acts that are unforgivable and it, is it important for society to define? Yeah. So I don't feel comfortable completely drawing the lines on these because I think it's, I mean, off the top of my head, I think murder and rape are probably the two things that jump to the front of my mind of, yeah, I think those are pretty much unforgivable things. But I mean, you, even in, in the situation of murder, I guess if it was out of self-defense or something, there could be an instant of, I don't, I can't say I wouldn't forgive someone or, um, I don't know. I think there, there are some lines that have to be drawn, but I almost feel like I need to know all of the information in the situation to really make the distinction, but off the top of my head, I think rape and murder are probably the two most difficult. Um, I, I don't know how forgivable either of those two are. What about you? Well, yeah, it, it's a tough thing to talk about. One thing I want to, I guess, talk about, I don't know if you ever watched the documentary on Netflix, Making a Murderer, um, but it was basically this whole case where it it looked obvious that certain evidence was planted to put this guy away. Like they wanted this guy to be guilty for the crime. And so they just stacked up the evidence against his favor, even though a lot of the evidence wasn't actually there. Um, And so in cases like that, you know, as audience members or people that are kind of impacted by that situation that also were not there, um, it's, it's tough to, to say, because Technically, we don't know if this guy actually murdered those people, but he's being put away. He He's in prison for the murder. And so it's like, it's such an, a complex situation when you weren't the one that was actually impacted by 
the situation. You don't actually know what happened. You don't know what went on. But if if we're saying murder is maybe a a line that you can't be forgiven for, um, and you get put away for murder and you didn't do it, like I, it's just it's such a hard thing, you know, to 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 grasp. grasp. Yeah, it's got to be like an actual murder that was witnessed. I. I, I it's a totally different line if we don't actually know. I mean, that that goes back to me saying I need to know all the information. Like, if I don't know for sure that someone did it, then maybe there would be a chance I give him a second chance because it's not even really a second chance because they didn't actually screw up in the first place. So I don't. Well, I don't know. Well, the reason I brought bring this up is because there are a lot of people who, when they hear accusations or things like that, immediately jump against this person. Um. At, you know, without seeing the evidence or knowing the evidence or, or really without any knowledge to the thing. So I think having the actual knowledge and education towards what actually happened is important. Um, and I think we need to draw a line of before you rush to conclusions or you make these judgments, you need to also make that effort to do the research um, cause a lot of people just count people out once they hear something and it's like, you know, uh, it, I don't know if that's, you know, obviously if they actually did something, you know, fuck them. But if, if they didn't and they just were accused of it, you know, it's not, it's not fair that they're now, their name is tarnished because they were just accused, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that, unfortunately, that's a thing that people do in co- with culture sometimes. It's they hear that, um, they hear, like, one thing about someone, and then, imme- and imme- and immediately they just kind of pigeonhole the entire concept, like, in their head, like, oh, this person cheated, or, oh, this person got went to jail. Like, oh, like, I don't know. They, they, there's a little bit of information that's known, and it just it kind of gets, like, thrown into this basket, like, bad person, or... Like, oh, this person doesn't deserve this person's time. And I think that sometimes our society, and this happens with a lot of things actually, where just we want to, like if someone's like really conservative or really liberal, it's like they just hear one thing and they're like, oh, that person is clearly just super liberal. And they just make all these vast generalizations about someone. And I don't think that that's, I think that's a really stupid thing. And that's one of the, things that bothers me so much about society nowadays is we're so hypersensitive to everything that we don't actually even have intelligent discussions. Like we can't talk about, like if we wanted to talk about transgender issues in a serious capacity, we'd have to be walking on eggshells the entire conversation because somebody would be offended no matter what we tried to say. And that's, that's what's tough. And, and I think sometimes you should be able to just say things and just be like, listen, I don't believe this, but here's where someone might be coming from in a situation. Like, if someone really doesn't think that someone could identify as a different gender than uh, the sex that they were born as, like, here's why someone might have that thought process. But it, you can't even sometimes have that dialogue with someone, and that's what's kind of tough. And I know that that's maybe not the most relevant to the situation, but I think it explains sometimes why second chances can be so tough for people because we're sort of had this embedded in our head of, Oh, well it like things are black and white. Like you're not allowed to do like X, Y, and Z. So if something has any sort of 
um, if it's if it's if it's similar to this or that, then now we've got to cast aside this person into that bucket. And I think that that's sometimes unfair because I think that this is a little bit more case by case, and you really do need all the information before you make the decision. At least at least that's where I stand on it. No, a hundred percent. Here's the thing, you know, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, they're not really given a concrete opinion, they're not given a black and white opinion. It's because you can't give a simple answer or solution to this highly complex question of, you know, is someone does does someone deserve a second chance, or you know, did someone mess up? If we don't actually know for sure, you know, these are. There's tons of layers behind stuff, and that's why you can't rush to judgment. Exactly. To it's like, yeah, sometimes it. sometimes they do deserve second chances. Sometimes they don't. Like, It's uh, it's pretty yeah. simple in, in that capacity. You're right. Like, I don't feel like we in this situation we have to draw an exact distinction of, oh, this person or that person. Like Louis C.K. I'll tell you right off the top of my head, if Louis C.K. went on to perform a show in Chicago, I would probably go see it. And that's my opinion yeah. on it. I've given I've given him well, he, a second chance of his comedy career. And here's the thing, though, like that's your life. That's your choice. If other people don't want to give him a second chance because of what he did, that's their choice. That's fine. You you have made that choice for yourself. That's your life. But you don't need to impose that will onto other people. Like if Stephen wants to give Louis C.K. another chance even though what he did was messed up, you know, then whatever, that's Steven's yeah, like, decision. Put it this way. Like I wouldn't have Louis CK be my babysitter for when I have kids in the future. Like right. that's, I would draw the line there, but in terms of just his comedy career, I don't think that the mistakes that he made should completely ruin his chances at doing something like that. And that's, that's what I've decided to make it. If more evidence comes out that he's done some things that I deem to be even more terrible and maybe I'll change my perspective on it. Because I'm open to that. I'm not. I'm not set in where I'm at right now. I'm open to the fact that I'm going to change my mind as time goes on. Well, and I I think this is another cue to why these discussions are important, is because without these discussions, how do you know where you draw the line? You know, if we don't talk through it, if we don't say, you know, well, here's the evidence. Here's what I think. Here's what do you think? You know, how do you really know? What, you know, where you're coming from or, you know, maybe there's another perspective you're not even thinking about that you need to hear out before you just make a, a rash judgment. Um, you know, I, it was really important to me to, you know, when we're, we're talking about doing this Bill Cosby episode to um, do a ton of research on it because I didn't want to just come into this episode with ignorance and this idea of I'm just taking everything at face value and whatever like the mass media wants you to whatever then that's just what I believe and I I just I guess I hope that people I mean we're all people and so there's there's got to be this empathy in the sense of at the very least try to get all of the information before you make a judgment. I, but I guess let's, let's try to make it more specific. Maybe, maybe like relationships. Do you think there are lines within relationships that are, that should be drawn? Like if someone does something in a relationship, you, you know, that's done. You're done with that relationship. It's over. I think that 
it depends on the the rapport that you have built with someone. I mean, if you've known someone for two weeks and you're in a relationship and they do something that you're totally not okay with, I mean, I'm not going to probably be super lenient in that situation. It's just like, okay, well, this person showed that they're not a good person. Whereas if someone's, you've had a good relationship with someone for like 10 years and they do one thing that even if it's pretty bad, I think there's a lot of more leniency and, and credibility that, okay, well, let's get to the root of why this happened and see if something was missed along the way. And I, I think that that to me is a big distinction. Uh, kind of when we talked about the numeric, like how many times it takes, I, I think a big part of it for me is like how much time has gone by and in general has more of their actions been in alignment than the other few that were not. That's, that's where, where do you stand? I'm kind of curious now. Yeah. Um, well, I think a huge thing is what comes after the mistake. Um, you know, I, number one, for, for a person who was wronged, I think it's completely acceptable to be very guarded after you're hurt and to, you know, set yourself up for success in the sense that they need to earn your trust. They need to earn your respect back if it's something that was severe to you. At the same time, I think, you know, uh, if this person is making a huge effort to right that wrong and, and, um, you know, make up for what they did and, and, Whatever. I, I'm not saying that maybe you have to start dating them again, but I I think there there is something to be said about a person who's willing to swallow the defeat of having fucked up and just continuously trying to make up for it. Like there's something valuable. Like this person, like just think about the times that you made mistakes. It's like hard to admit your failure. It's hard to to hold yourself accountable. So if, if I'm a person that fucks up and I say, you know, I don't care what I, I did in the sense that I'm going to do everything I can to make up for it. I, I obviously care what I did that is wrong, but I don't, I don't, um, care about the guilt that I feel. I'm still going to try as hard as I can to make it up to you. And I think that that, that in itself is a, a place uh, where we need to be empathetic of because it's that creates potential that creates the, the hope for a change. Um, and yes, absolutely. You're still, if you're the person who was wronged, you're taking a risk by giving them a second chance. Um, but I think that's where, you know, number one, like you said, the rapport, you have a history with this person. Uh, you've had all of these experiences where there was something good and, and, and nice and whatever, but then you, you know, maybe they made one mistake or made a few mistakes, um, collectively. Um, but at that point, then it becomes about what, what actions are they taking since those mistakes happened? And is it something that, um, I deem to be effortful enough for another. Yeah, chance. I think I think that's actually a good distinction to make as well. Is if you are going to give someone a more than one chance, like if you're going to give someone a second chance, I think 
there does need to be a lot of effort on that person's second chance. Like you need to go all out if you're going to try to make it up to people in life where I think there are instances where someone like, Oh yeah, give me, you know, give me a second chance. I won't, I won't be, I won't be an asshole. And then ultimately people's actions speak louder than words. And there are some times where you just have to realize that there's people who genuinely care about people. And then there's people who care about people just enough to kind of look like they're putting in an effort. But and that's the thing is you got to make a judgment on these things. You can't just take it as, well, I was taught in school that if someone does this, that I should, I should forgive them. And then blah, blah, blah. Like, nah, you need to, you need to really evaluate the situation based on everything that you can. Yeah. Well, and again, to go back to the point of being the person that wronged, you need to be, if you're going to be the person, if you were the person that fucked up and you want to take every step that you can to, to make that wrong, right. You need to be okay with the fact that, you know, it might take a really fucking long time for you to earn that trust back and, and a lot of effort because, you know, everyone works at their own pace. And if you care about that person enough, you know, you're going to keep plugging away at that effort. Um, you know, and then, and then I guess there is a certain point where you're like, okay, this person just doesn't want me in their life anymore. So I guess I'll give them the space that they're, that in itself is also a, a sense of respect to this person. You know, they, you, you tried and tried and tried to, to get that second chance and they just are unwilling or unaccepting to give it to you. Then you give them space and, that in itself is an effort of understanding this person there and respecting their wishes. And the thing is, is like we don't, we truly don't know how people feel in certain situations too. Like if I had someone who murdered my family, I don't know what it would be like to sit in the room and stare that person in the eyes. Like I imagine that would be an incredibly tough thing to do. So if someone's like, yeah, I'm not giving this person, like I want this person dead. I don't, I'm not, this person deserves nothing, blah, 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 blah. Like, I can imagine that that's probably how I would feel in that moment. So there's a big, and, and that's an extreme example, I understand, but there's, there's a huge emotional component to this in that you don't know how you're going to react to a situation until that situation happens to you. And even though logically, you know, like even like logically, sometimes I'll see people's situations and I'm like, I don't get it. Like to me, it seems like the information's out there. They should be able to make this, decision like nothing that these people have done is really like that that bad but that's because i'm also not able to feel it from an, their emotional perspective and i think that there needs to be an understanding of that as well yeah that's a good point um all right i want to i want to kind of shift gears to our last point and the idea of enabling a person w when do you think giving someone second chances becomes enable like enabling them to just continuously fuck up. Uh, you know, what, what's the distinction? Yeah, here? this is a good, a good life lesson that I've learned in my life. Definitely in this year and maybe the last few years, you can't enable the people in your life that are doing things that you're not okay with, that you're not in alignment with. So 
you do it's it's a, it's a tough it's a tough line to draw but if you know that someone is going to just continuously do the the same thing over and over again to hurt you or to hurt the, the people around them even though it, you want to be there and you think that you're helping the cause by continuously telling them you know you're great you just need to change you're great you just need to change i mean the best way to to end enabling someone is just cut them out and it's a tough tough um it's a tough tough thing to do but when people can't be enabled then they're kind of forced to change and i think as well as talking about second chances in this episode i think it's also about just do people have the ability to change who they are uh, in a moment if if put if they put their mind to it can they change my thinking is yes they can and that enabling situations is not always <laughs> going to help and then usually it ends up hurting the cause so if you really want to see someone's true colors separate yourself from them and see how they actually act Another like celebrity um, example within this is, you know, Robert Downey Jr. You know, this guy had this huge success um, when he was young and then had tons of drug issues, went to prison um, and he was given a second chance uh, by Mel Gibson, I think, in a movie. And from there on out, and then he married a producer. Um, and from there on out, you know, I mean, obviously he's like Iron Man now. And, you know, with Sherlock Holmes has had a lot of success. And, you know, I guess I don't know what he does behind the scenes anymore. But it, if, I guess, his public persona now is correct, you know, this is a guy who has um, come back from the depths in which he had uh, gone before. And I, there, I mean, you talk to people who work in addiction and and stuff like that. People are capable of turning it around. Like it, it, it happens all the time. Now there are a lot of situations where it doesn't happen and that's incredibly tragic. Um, but it is possible. I guess something that, you know, Steven and I have even talked about is, you know, how, how are you respecting yourself and are you enabling this person to disrespect you in a sense there are i feel like you have to set certain boundaries for yourself where um you know you 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 know their life isn't more important than your life you know, obviously, if someone's built up trust with you and, and you really love them and care about them, there are going to be times when um, you you put them at at uh, the first priority. But you're the only person who's going to look out for yourself. And so you have to put boundaries on certain things to where if, if those boundaries aren't being respected and um, you're trying to stick to them, then, you know, maybe if you aren't sticking to them, you're enabling this person to walk all over you or take advantage of you. And that's where you have to, you know, have, have some bite to your bark and say, Hey, this is what I need from you as a person in order to stay in my life. Um, and it's tough because you don't want to give people ultimatums either. Like I, you don't want to ever 
say, hey, I, I need this from you, and if I don't get it from you, you're gone. Yeah, um, that doesn't work. <laughs> and maybe, no, it doesn't. And and maybe if it gets to that point, then you've already gone too far. Um, but maybe like it's it's more of a uh, subtle thing where you just do it. Like you take actions um, to set certain boundaries. And if they're just actively not respecting those boundaries, you say, sorry, I, I can't keep allowing you to, to take advantage of my compassion and my caring and and I need to look out for myself. Um, and, and that's, I mean, it is sad. Because you, you'd think, like, putting someone else first and, and loving them and caring for them and always being there for them, you, you'd think that that's the right move. <laughs> but sometimes you know, it, it part, becomes... Like we, we, were, we were talking yeah. about that. You Sometimes you just want to tell someone how awesome they are and and be like, no, like, you know, you've got, I got all this faith in you, you're great, and blah, 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 but that actually ends up not being a good thing. Sometimes people just need the tough love of just stepping away and, and being like, Nope, you figured out you fake Like people need to figure things out on their own. A lot of times. If there's not, if there's not an active, um, I guess, effort to develop personally, um, no matter who's in your environment, you're not, you're not going to be able to, you know, grow as a person. Like you have to have that effort within yourself. You know, I talked about um, my situation where I was a PCA for, you know, kids with autism. And there was this, you know, specific situation where I was in this home that I was doing all of these things to help this family with uh, a very dysfunctional um, autistic kid. And, um, I thought that I was doing the right thing by doing all of this stuff, but the family themselves wasn't actually putting any of the stuff into action. So when I left, none of these things that I was busting my ass to do were actually getting anywhere because they weren't taking it in their own hands to, to do it. And, um, and so that's where it's like, you know, as, as hard as I might work and as much as I might care um, at some point they have to care themselves in order for the, the actual changes to be embedded within them. And, and that's, that's something that you got to understand as a person who might be considering given a second chance. Like, is this person, that's why I say pay attention to the actions that they're taking after they make the mistake. Cause this is person actually taking the steps to grow themselves or are they doing more of the same shit? Um, you know, are they, uh, trying to manipulate you, you know, that's why you got to be patient and, and have boundaries. And then you can reevaluate after, you know, maybe you regain some trust. Uh, it's just a really tough thing. And you, you want the best out of people. You want to hope and trust the best in people, but, um, it, it just doesn't always work out. doesn't always. Yeah. I out. definitely, I definitely try to be optimistic on my views on, of. Uh, people and hoping that they do will they will end up doing the right thing and learning from their mistakes but um what uh anything else with this or you want to you want to move to final thoughts yeah we can we can move on i mean i don't even really have any final thoughts i feel like we've kind of hit everything that unless there's anything else that you were kind of wanting to mention no i think i think one of the most important takeaways from this episode is the fact that we're not telling you that you have to or have to not give someone a second chance. 
we're simply saying that you need to know the information before you even evaluate and also understand that there are instances of it being successful and not successful and that that's what you have to realize. Oh, I guess. And also, you know, how, how long you've known someone, you're going to have more information when making the assessment on if you should give someone a, a second chance. But that's uh, I think that's what the biggest takeaway that I would hope that someone would get from this episode. Yeah, and I guess to to backpack off of that, it's just you know, um, it like I said earlier, there aren't concrete answers. You know, if if you came into this episode expecting us to tell you when you should have give second chances or or when you should be given a second chance, sorry, nope. you're not going to get not the answer. It, it's case by case basis. Um, you know, different things are going to call for, uh, you know, different reactions, different actions. Again, the, the point is make the effort to take in the information. If you're the one that made the mistake and wants a second chance, make the effort to grow and, and, and make up for it. Um, and then, you know, time will tell what, what comes of it. So cool. Yeah. And, um, that next episode that, we talked about it will be that spotlight episode where I will be interviewing asthmatic as always. You can leave us a voicemail at five, one, three, four, two, seven EMG five. You can also email us your questions, or if you would like to be a guest, you can reach us at emgpod at gmail.com. Our Instagram is also emgpod, And as I stated that, that Twitter handle, I wouldn't <laughs> probably look into that too much, but right now it's must undergo pod. I think, um, our podcast must underscore podcast and um, probably one of the best ways just to listen to our show is we actually have a website everything must go podcast.com and you can also just find us under most every podcast app that you would probably think to use yeah there's very few that it's not on so show your friends so thank you for listening to this episode and we'll uh, talk to you soon 